just when you thought it was safe to go onto iTunes. This is Next Level Guy. The only website that makes self-development as fun as going to the movies. It's time to take the red pill and escape the Matrix. What's happening guys? It's time for another episode of the Next Level Guy Show podcast with your favourite tutor, Ian Dawson Mackay. Next Level Guy is the go-to men's interview, interest and improvement website where I quiz the experts to find out the hacks, tips, methods and protocols that you can implement in your own life to take it to the next level and live happier, wealthier, healthier, sexier and so much more. Today's guest is Crystal, little monster, Dimopolis. She's a MMA fighter, business owner and exotic dancer. She's beautiful and a graceful dancer, stunningly beautiful, but a devastatingly dangerous fighter too. She started from a rough place and built herself up to be a professional fighter, run her own business and make serious money from her own side job. She's someone to watch and to learn from and inspire you to do the same. She's proof that you can achieve anything you want from life, um, regardless of your starting point, by putting in the work. I had a seriously great time with this interview and was really disappointed to end it, so I'm definitely going to get her back on the show. I know you'll love her as much as I did during this interview. I still had pages of questions left at the end. Despite being stunningly beautiful, seriously talented and going places, her story and viewpoint on life are so inspiring and motivating and it is there that we find out the real gems. So, are you ready to dive in and learn? Let's get to the interview. If somebody's never met you, and they really should be ashamed if they don't know who you are, but if they've <laughs> never heard of you, you know, how would you describe who you are? Because your nickname's awesome... You do some amazing stuff, but you know, if you had to give a kind of quick intro to somebody, what would you say? Uh, probably one of the most positive humans that you'll ever see and meet, and wildly ambitious and happy, just loving life and being completely unique in having a profession like fighting and stripping, yet uh, being such a wholesome person. Yeah, because you're. Your Instagram really. <laughs> when I was reading that, it was like, badass. Was it badass uh, Christian professional <laughs> fighter? And I think that's and I was thinking, sorry, what? Yeah. It, it was. It was quite surreal. But if we go right back to the start, you know, what kind of child were you? You know, did you have a particular kind of like natural acclimacy to a certain like to sports and stuff? What you know, what kind of got you into this whole kind of endeavors? So uh, growing up, I got into so many fights as a kid, and I just always had all the energy in the world, and I was a really angry kid in general, um, and I actually got myself kicked out of four schools in one calendar year, which is I'd impressive, <laughs> to say the least, <laughs> um, mainly for fighting, and I, I, I was always into like the guy sports, I was always hanging out with guys. Um, I played football growing up uh, in like seventh and eighth grade, and uh, I was a skater chick like all throughout my teens. So when people that I went to high school with here that I became a fighter, they're like, "Oh yeah, like that totally makes sense. Like <laughs> you you should be a fighter. That's that's what suits you." And as far as being an exotic entertainer is concerned, I actually grew up in that industry. It's what my parents did. So when I turned 18, um, I saw it as something that was going to be fun. Uh, I looked at all the different pole tricks that were possible and saw those as like 
you know, like different skills to achieve as well as just literally getting paid to party. So um, I chose that as a profession and my parents kind of helped guide me through that. And it was, uh, it was really amazing. No, that's awesome. I mean, it's so, you hear that a lot, don't you? As people sitting going, oh, I had to do it against my parents' wishes. They kicked me out of the house. And I'm just like, you know, that's why I love having so many positive people on here who come and say, no, no, it was great. My parents were very supportive. They did this and that, you know. Were you able to talk to your parents, like, not on the same level, but, like, were you able to discuss your sort of hopes and ambitions and stuff like that? How did they take you wanting to go into that kind of, that role of fighting and the dancing? Yeah, so as um, as an entertainer, you know, there, it was kind of one of those things where they were like, man, like, we wish that you'd choose something else, but if this is what you're going to do, this is actually something we can help you with because it's how they met. My mom was a dancer and my dad was a DJ. So uh, they really kind of taught me the ropes and the hustle behind everything to make sure that I didn't fall into some like scary pitfalls that can happen in that industry. And with being a fighter, like growing up, my, my dad was always like encouraging me to just be tough. And, um, you know, he wanted me to do karate and that stuff. And I wanted to. So um, when I became I love adult, your I think like, yeah, they're fucking cool, man. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Is it okay that I cuss? Cause I cuss oh, sometimes. I'll be, I'll be swearing all the time. Don't worry. <laughs> all right. Excellent. And, um, yeah, so it was like, but everything that I've done, they've always thought it was going to be just a phase. So, uh, with dancing, they were like, oh, this is just a phase. And with fighting, especially, um, I took it so seriously right from the rip and they they thought it was going to be something that was fly by night. Like, oh, she'll she'll get into something else here in about a month. And next thing you know, like nine years later, I'm still kicking ass. <laughs> I love that because it's like you get the the performer sort of like hit, hints and tips and things like that. But then you also get like the, you know, the DJ thing, the how to keep the atmosphere going, how to entice patrons in, how to, you know, like get build it up the performance and you get the mm-hmm. sales technique as well and i think that's something we a lot of us struggle with is a lot of people can't even speak to their parents and i really love that they encouraged you as a child and they really pushed you into like you know if you want to do that let's go and work on that you know mm-hmm. were you what so what were you like as a child were you the kind of the roughhouse child all the time did you need something physical when you were younger you know to get that not anger but the the energy. The energy, I. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, we can call it anger because, honestly, that's what I was as a kid. I was very, very hard to deal with and hard to manage. Um, you know, I wish I could be like, yeah, like, man, I had a cool childhood. It was great and peaches and cream, but it wasn't. You know, I was I was a very unruly child. Um, I was always getting into trouble. Uh, always, you know, having police escort me home. Um, you know, I was, I was a bad, bad seed. And I think it was really difficult. I was raised by my grandparents. Um, my parents were like my best friends, but it was really difficult for my grandparents to manage. And, uh, I just didn't, I didn't have an outlet, um, you know, I guess as an adult, I found out that I have really severe ADHD and uh, just having all that energy and not having much of a source of an outlet to come from. Um, yeah, I just it was rough. I was I was a bad kid. 
So where did you find that outlet? You know, was it through the training in like MMA or was there something before that that kind of you started feeling you could channel your like the energy and start focusing on the creation because you your pictures of your dancing are so beautiful and elegant and controlled and you can see the muscle control you have as well as looking awesome but, you know <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a single guy obviously but then when you do the fighting you can see the exact same thing you're in complete control your movement of you know you're controlling your opponent before you finish them so where did that come from you know where did the unruly child become this kind of explosive when you need it but completely controlled before you go in for the kill man i love your breakdown of that because that truly is exactly how i feel as a fighter i feel very composed um i feel very much in love with the moment and i i really believe that a lot of you know kids who are unruly or who are wild and you know categorized as bad kids you just kind of haven't found their outlet they haven't found their passion they haven't found what's in their heart and they feel misunderstood um i I really you know i ended up becoming like a homeless drug addict teenager at one point just out of being a misfit and not finding my place and uh, i think that that was like probably my you know some of my darkest moments where I started making life decisions like, okay, so you're going to allow your negativity to own you or you can start taking control of this. So um, I think that as a fighter, that's something that I get to exemplify is the control mixed with the aggression. So it's, it's like that angst that I have to be an animal and to just let out all of this energy, but also having that composure to see things and um you know just being able to kind of shift gears amongst those two mindsets is crazy and as a dancer i just purely love the art of music and i purely love the art of dancing and getting to just be an acrobat and do all of these crazy, amazing tricks. When I get off stage, people ask me like, were you a gymnast or did you do Cirque du Soleil? And those are like the highest of compliments because I love body mechanics so very much and the functionality of it. And just, you know, being able to kind of like maneuver through these wild and crazy tricks. It's, it's amazing and it's graceful and it's beautiful. And I know that it's something I would love to see, uh, more of so I just became what I enjoy and want to see in others I love that it's you know you mentioned there that you were going down like a sort of dark path and I mean I was the you know deep depressions I was thinking end of the world mm-hmm. nothing was going right for me and I kind of had to find my own way and I found it through running this podcast and then I found jiu-jitsu and I was like mm-hmm. fuck yeah this, this is awesome but how did you yeah. f- come out of that did you need somebody to help you out with that or did you find a way? I mean, if somebody's listening who's struggling Going in that it. kind of environment, you know, is there tips that you could give somebody that worked for you or kind of helped you sort of shake, shake it off and get on the path you wanted to be on? Yeah. Oh, man. Um, I think a lot of those types of moments and, uh, you know, everyone has their own personal journey, so I'm just going to share mine, guys. But um, I really came from you know, a place of like, just loathing and like, just hating myself and really 
taking a look in the mirror and evaluating where I was, I think is the hardest thing for anyone to do because it's a scary thing to look at. And, um, you know, I just really saw myself as worthless. And I was like, man, like, this is it. Like, this is as low as it gets. Like, there was literally one step lower. And that's like standing on the side of the highway begging for change. Like, that's, like, that's where I was in my life. And I was like, okay, so you can do that. That's an option. And you're going to struggle doing that. Or you can start to become more because you are worth more. But that's going to be hard too. like you don't have an education. Um, Nobody believes in you. You're completely by yourself and you're literally in the worst position ever and you've shunned everyone out of your life. So uh, I guess you're going to have to show yourself through action and start growing. So I started like reading books and, um, you know, just like trying to take the small tips that people had given me through life and applying them. But man, like I've dug into depressions even throughout the course of the success, you know, when I wasn't homeless and when I, when everyone else thought that I had everything, um, it still would creep up on me. And I got, I just got to tell you, like it, it ends, (laughs) you know, like the depression is a feeling that you're having in that moment. It's not real. It's something that you are creating and you're creating it through your negative thoughts. So a start changing that shit and tell yourself to shut the fuck up. Um, because I've had to do that. You know, I've literally started like getting down on myself about things and I'd be like, shut the fuck up. Like your life is great. And even still, like, I would still be sad, you know, but I tell myself every day, like, Vanessa, I love you. Vanessa, you're doing great. And because sometimes we don't have other people who are going to tell us that and you got to say it to yourself. So I'm really huge on positive affirmations. I'm really huge on talking to myself. And, you know, just like listening to that, um, because, you you know, that's some of the most powerful voices that you'll ever have are the ones that you say to yourself. I'm really impressed with that because it's like, what is it they say? The best help is self-help. And Mm -hmm. I think we forget that, you know, we're always trying to fix other people. And I think that you're very similar to me like that, you know, you had the, because you're creative, you know, you've got a lot of energy and passion. You could also feel that you were like destined for more and more but you couldn't figure out what you wanted to do so you're maybe judging other people who are had found their vibe you know maybe they were a small fish in the big pond but they had found their thing and you were maybe feeling that energy of wanting to go off and do things and you didn't know how to do it or how to apply it or what your mission of i hate that kind of phrase but mm-hmm. you know what you wanted to do so you kind of thought you were fighting against it by drinking and stuff like that. Because that's what I used to do. I used to go and sit in a pub and go, what the hell mm-hmm. am I doing here? You know, I, I don't want to be here listening to the same five people tell the same yeah. six stories, you know. And yeah. I think that's it's really difficult because a lot of people do that. They just sit and hit the drink, they hit the drugs and think they don't want to feel that feeling of there is more to life than this. Mm-hmm. But I loved how you kind of just went, no. You took a deep look at yourself and thought, yeah, I'm going to armbar the shit out of that. And I'm going off and do my own thing, yeah? (laughs) Yeah, no, I I really did. I I looked at it and I said, you know what? Fuck that. Like, I've already lived that life. I did the party thing. That was cute. And it wasn't for me. Like, I didn't get self-fulfillment through getting high all the time or, you know, just being around negative people. Like, that's, you know, they could be your best friends in the whole wide world. But if they're really your best friends and they want the best for you, and if you have to move on to find yourself to be happier then if they're really your friends, they'll encourage that because they want to see the best for you. And if not, well, then they weren't really your friends anyways and get the fuck to moving because you deserve to be happy. So how did you deal with your friends at that time? Because 
I had originally planned to do this interview looking at like how you train for like your fights and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. I think this is a really good sort of area because this would help a lot of people and you know it to show how you've become such a badass from an interesting beginning, shall we call it. But how did you deal with your friends at that time? Because I really struggled breaking connections. I really didn't. I was scared to kind of go off and do this on my own. But I need running the podcast, working, and jujitsu. Yeah, I need to be busy. But mm-hmm. for people who will try, you know, like they're crabs in the bucket, they'll try to pull you back. They don't want you succeeding. Yeah. So how did you deal with that kind of friends? You know, how did you analyze these toxic friends and bake that cat to get rid of them? Yeah, and I, I I believe that, you know, a lot of people who come through your life are, you know, there for a time and, um, you know, they serve their purpose and whether that was being the, your best friend and having those hard conversations for a moment, but then maybe they kind of, you know, became toxic for your life. And what we do is we have a tendency to hold on to that. We're like, man, like we had that one really good experience with this friend and that's so valuable to me that I don't want to disrespect it and move on with my life. And fuck, man, that's not the case. Like your friends love you and they're going to love you whether you're right in front of them or whether you're living your best life. And in fact, they love to watch you live your best life so that they can fucking cheer you on. You know, like with with all of my toxic friends that I had, I just really had to look at myself and be like, is this what I want for tomorrow and every single day? You know, and there's people in my life now who I love them. And I love them with all my heart. And I even tell them, like, you might not be in my life tomorrow, but just know that the moment that you're here today, like, you're everything to me, you know? And I've I've had to live my life that way because, like you said, we will get sucked in to our associations. And so I just kind of become a little bit more careful about who I choose to spend energy on. But that came with time and knowing and having gone through that hard shit. Because I've got friends now, like through jujitsu and stuff like that, who would be the same people if I became super successful or the podcast completely sucked. But like, I've got a friend Ryan who's like, if I don't speak to you for a couple of months, doesn't mean we're not friends. I'll still pick you up and we'll start chatting. Like, there's no, you know, you, like there's no time at all. And yeah. I think you know those kind of people who are truly just wanting the best for you. They don't want anything from it and. It's really hard sometimes to sort of prune your circle of friends and say, actually, you're just using me. I'm not getting anything from it. Mm-hmm. And was it a friend or was it a role model that got you into the fighting? You know, because you would have got the dancing sort of vibe from like, you know, the upbringing. But where did the MMA stuff come from? How did you learn to channel that kind of aggressive energy? Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, before we move on to the next question, though, I definitely just want to hit the point home of, changing your circle doesn't have to be aggressive. It doesn't have to be something where you like have a conversation with someone like, Hey, look, we can't be friends. Like Uh, the confrontation. No, fuck that. Just keep living your best life. And Uh. if they're there, they are. But, um, yeah. So who got me into MMA? It was a great story. (laughs) Actually. Um, I was pole dancing, uh, as a stripper and the manager at the time saw my skill set was like, man, if you just put that same skill and effort into fighting, because I do have a very aggressive style of pole dancing as well. And he's like, if you put that same effort towards fighting, you'll be successful. Um, and at the time, dancing wasn't like a fitness thing like it is now. You know, he's mm-hmm. like, hey, and it's more socially acceptable as well. 
So it was cool. It was a cool experience kind of like being found as a stripper to be a fighter. Um, and then that whole experience. And then that person ended up becoming my coach uh, for the next five years. Because you're it's it's one of those it's one of those stories that you kind of go sorry what you know because usually people kind of go oh I've been training for this all my life and that and I loved that Instagram post that you put up where you showed you on the pole you know like a split screen and you and competing and you were like they're exactly the same and I think that's the problem is people you know they kind of like turn their nose up at you know like strip clubs and stuff like that and you're thinking what's like that's one of the oldest commodities going these kind of shows and it's the fact that you you showed how like beautiful both sides of it were and how you were doing the exact same thing and it was amazing to see that kind of thing i mean i've got friends who do pole dancing like classes and all this kind of stuff i speak to some amazing people and every everybody's got an amazing story to tell and i just love the fact that you were found as a stripper and now are knocking people out left right and center <laughs> and yeah. you're and you're running a business and you know like, mm. you just seem to be non-stop doing this but did you ever have any sort of negative con- um connotations with anybody any kind of negative feedback from people because you of what you were found doing um you know what actually no and i that that is actually also shocking to me because you'd think that people would be like oh like she's a stripper uh you know whatever and just kind of write me off but um i'm really grateful to have done the to be the person who i am because i feel like when people meet me or when they hear me um you know they they kind of take me at face value Hmm. and um one major thing that I love so much about being a stripper that people don't ever realize is I really get to see people's true colors uh, right off the rip. Because if you're going to judge me, then that tells me so much about the person who you are. Yeah. And um, it also kind of shows me the type of people who I don't want around me. So, you know, it's almost like a thank you very much. And I'm glad that we're not going to get along. Because you have such strong opinions about who people are before you even know who they are, so um, yeah, it's a it's a great filter. Because it's one of those things, isn't it? Is like your job does not define you, your hobbies Correct. do not define you. It's I it really annoys me when somebody will say things like, "Oh, watch out for so and so when you start a new job," and I'm thinking, "No, no, I'll wait till I'll like I'll treat everybody exactly as they treat me." I don't mm-hmm. yeah. care what their their past and all that is their past until I have any problems with them then you know the present becomes an issue but that's right yeah it's not it's not who you are it's just something that you do you know so being a stripper isn't who I am but it is what I do same thing with being a fighter it's not who I am it's what I do you know and how did you find that transition from like the graceful feminine kind of like art to you know, like the very kind of beautiful, graceful kind of arts of dancing. Because you do, is it um, ballet as well? Or am I... I actually do not do ballet. Um, I've never done any other type of formal dance and or gymnastics outside of being a stripper. Maybe it's a picture I've seen somewhere where yeah. I think you were, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Because I was thinking you look so kind of like prim and proper and, you know, into that kind of pose. And I thought, fuck, mm-hmm. she's good. Like, yeah. So how did that kind of, how did you go from that to, I hate this phrase, but the masculine primal 
kind of side of fighting. I mean, I hate that because it sounds like only guys can fight, but... Yeah, it sounds so very brute. Um, yeah, like, very primitive. Um, man, I, I guess, and that's so hard because for me, like, I, I'm a very passionate person. And um, both, both arts are very functional. Both arts require you to understand your body. Um, understand different mechanics and being able to transition uh, very quickly, you know, and think think very fast um, through your body motions. And people don't give uh, both dancing and fighting that type of a respect, you know, like they see someone trying to dance and they think like, oh, they're just doing a move. Like, yeah, but we're chaining a series of events together. And same thing with fighting, you know, you're chaining a series of learned skill together um, quickly enough that you can, you know, overcome your opponent. It's just fighting and dancing are the same. But when you're fighting, you're basically dancing with someone else. I love the way you look at things. It's, it's an amazing way that you look at things. And you're, you'd be a great podcaster as well, actually. But- <laughs> So how did you find your first couple of lessons? Did you find it like the fact that because you could do the transitions like, you know, to from starting to onto the pole to hold, you know, to like doing the human flag. Sorry, I don't know any pole dancing moves, but or, you know, inverting yourself and stuff like that. Did you find the the basics and the fundamentals of jiu-jitsu and MMA easier for you because you had that natural flexibility and coordination of your body and things like that? Oh, a million percent. Oh my goodness. Yes. Like I certainly didn't. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Great question. I feel like everything that I became as a pole dancer transferred so well, so easily. Um, you know, anyone who rolls with me, they're like, man, like you're so flexible, but you're so strong in your flexibility. You know, most times people are one or the other. And, uh, with pole dancing, I had to teach myself, you know, I learned through falling on my face in front of a lot of people, um, basically half naked. So when I started fighting and it's like, man, like you have a coach who's guiding you and you have the option to tap, you know, like as a dancer, I mean, if I fall, fuck, (laughs) like sometimes I'm up 30 feet in the air hanging on by one limb, you know? So as a fighter, we, we have options. We're far more protected. And I was just, it's just everything transferred so much, so beautifully. I love how, you know, it's just the fact that you've discovered cross training without realizing that's what you were doing originally. Because I've got friends who are trying to get me to come and do like a couple of judo classes to work on my takedowns for jujitsu and stuff like uh-huh. that. But I love how you're just like, yeah, somebody recommended to try it. I went and tried it. And, you know, <laughs> It's only now that when you analyze it back, you go, all oh, right, that's, yeah, that's going to be impressive. So do you think that, do you think everybody should be doing some kind of dancing, you know, like to get the, the way to get your hips to sort of follow your brain, to coordinate your limbs and style, you know, and things like that, like salsa, um, erot- um, uh-huh. I don't want to call it erotic, um, pole dancing, you know, yeah. like, do you think these, everybody should have some kind of, dancing just to get your coordination and stop being a wooden knob you know (laughs) yeah um i mean i highly recommend dancing of all different kinds and not just from you know the understanding of fluidity but also from the understanding of confidence you know like when you dance and you really are just all of yourself 
into that motion because it's free expression, you know, and you just get all of this confidence and it's like, man, like I'm the shit. Like I feel good. I look good. I, I, I'm awesome right now. Like I just, I love the way my body's moving. And, uh, that's how that's like, I love dancing in my soul, you know? And I think that whatever someone's passion is, they need to be able to express that. So I'm, I'm not going to say everybody should be a dancer, but (laughs) to be able to express yourself in motion, um, is a beautiful thing and whatever that translates to someone else. But yeah, I absolutely. Yes. Because I love how you learn to take the two sides. You know, you've got the dancing, but you've also got the the little kid who wants to rumble and hit people, and you know, <laughs> wants to play boy sports. But you've learned to put them together in this sort of beautiful way. So, how how do you incorporate this into like a training week? You know, because I mean, I struggle enough just learning jujitsu with working up with working a podcast i mean you're doing mma there's so many concepts there's like striking takedowns ground games you know there's then there's like jiu-jitsu judo there's wrestling there's thousands of things to go into it how, mm-hmm. how do you plan your week i mean is it the fact do you have to kind of just rely on your coach training or do you kind of throw in your dancing as well as other things so what would like a typical week be like for you Well, um, you know, I'll I'll give you the last 24 hours as a good example. So like, I really do try to mix in, like you said, we have so many different sports that we must learn as an MMA fighter. And then on top of dancing, so it's like, I'm, I'm consistently physically exerting my body. And um, yesterday, I I went to training, I did a lot of physical rehab and um, gave my body some repair time. And then I went to work during a day shift and then that way I could kind of you know create my income and then went home ran my business for a little while and woke up at 6 a.m to go do jujitsu went straight from that to go do wrestling post that and I worked out from 6 a.m until 12 p.m and then um you know drove an hour out here and now I'm about to do striking tonight so it's I really do manage my time in between my training as priority. I work in between training and then I run my company in between working and training. <laughs> you're like my dream girl. I, I love this. Like, it's this. I love how you're so positive and you, you know, you don't take shit. You just say, Oh, I could make a business out of this. So you went and did it and you started creating. I mean, I've, I've been on the site and stuff, um, mm-hmm. but I mean, it's like, how do you find the time for this? How what was your how did you learn like time management and control of this? Because I know what it's like when you have fifty thousand emails to deal with, plus uh-huh. you have to go to training, and then you you have to leave to go to work and stuff. How how did you how do you manage this kind of thing? Because you do it so well, but for somebody who's just starting out, who's struggling, maybe going to jujitsu and their work, or you know, how can we build this consistency muscle? Yeah. Um, you know, you prioritize yourself and it's like, what is important to me? Um, so maybe if jujitsu is not on someone else's list of importance, then they're not going to put that in front of sitting in front of the TV at home, you know? So I, if I don't work out, oh man, like my attitude is different and it's unpleasant. 
and I don't feel like myself and, you know, I feel like shit and I'm, I'm an asshole to people around me and I start becoming unmotivated in other areas of my life, you know? So it's like, I got to prioritize that stuff. And if I don't go to work, nobody tells, no one calls me. I don't have a boss. No one tells me like, Hey, you didn't show up today, but it's like, well, do you want to be able to enjoy your life? You know, like, do you, do you want to have food in the fridge? Like it's not, it's not optional for me. Um, and then making sure that I take that time to go to the beach. If you follow me on Instagram, you'll see I'm, I'm always trying to have fun. You know, I'm always trying to go out and do cool shit, whether it's hiking or the beach and man, you got to take care of that mental space too. You know, cause if I just work, work, work all the time, what's the fun in that? You know, what the fuck am I working for? So you got to prioritize fun, but it's got to be on the list. I had to remind myself of that today. Yeah, you got to take care of your mental space, man, because, I mean, shit, everybody was going to go, you know, we get tired of things, and um, we get burnt out, and that's very real. You know, everybody wants this hustle all the time, I work seven days a week, I have no days off, like, yeah, that's fucking cute, you know, until you catch the flu, and then you can't do anything, because you overworked yourself. Quite a few people have talked about that, of how, like, this concept of you must be grinding every day is bullshit you know because you can't work all the time then you start picking up little colds and bugs and stuff like that and a lot of times people can only focus for so long so when you are going to like your striking or you're going to your jujitsu how do you make sure like what mindset do you go into each class with to make sure you're getting the most from it you know have you found a way that shortens your learning curve because you have so much to take in is there anything that you you know is any tricks or hints that you found that really you know that really help you develop your skill set in such a uh, quick fashion because you're you've really come on from what i've seen and your roles are amazing but (laughs) thank you you know but where do you how do you find this because how do you, how have you improved so quickly? Basically, is what I'm asking. <laughs> Hell yeah! No, the, thank you. First off, for the amazing compliment, and um, I would I go into every class with what's one thing? What is today's detail? You know, what is the detail I'm going to take away? Because at this stage of the game, for myself, you know, when you're first starting, everything looks like a giant clusterfuck of craziness and you're just trying to figure out your body but (laughs) at this stage of the game as a professional it's like we've seen all of these moves at least once or twice you know you've gone through these motions before so how do you get better is by finding the details in the moves you know so oh well my hand placement needs to be a little bit different I could be more crisp I could push myself a little harder I can jump a little higher um, and it's, uh, it comes down to the details, you know, if you're not pushing you, your coach is only going to be able to push you so far. You know, you got to fucking want that shit. So you got to walk in there with like, okay, so what's today's detail? You know, I, I was in, I was in a class this morning and the coach gave me like four different things that I needed to work on. Um, I'll tell you, I don't remember all four, (laughs) but I remember one that was very important that I was like, I'm never going to do X again because this one detail stuck, especially I have ADD, man. Like that shit's, you know, it's in one ear and out the other, but I really hang on to something that's very, very solid and something that makes sense. So, um, quality and details. 
Well, now seemed a great time to take a quick break there, so I just wanted to give you a quick note about my affiliate scheme. I've set up some awesome deals with some amazing companies. If you go to nextlevelguy.com forward slash affiliates, that's www.nextlevelguy.com forward slash affiliates. Or if you click on the affiliates deal in the blue ribbon at the top of the website homepage, you can go straight to my affiliate wonderland. There are so many special offers, listener exclusive deals and discount codes available here. There really is something there for everybody. It doesn't matter if you're buying for yourself, a special occasion, or for somebody else. You can find whatever you need there, and there's a lot of inspiring companies and interesting products that you might not have seen before, but you'll definitely want. There's companies like Onnit, Amazon, Meandies. There are products there that can help you with dating, sporting equipment, tactical gear, outdoor equipment, gadgets, and so much more. If you need it, it's there, and stuff you will want that you never knew you needed. Simply go to www.nextlevelguy.com forward slash affiliates and enjoy. Now, please note, I do not receive any information on you or your purchases. All I receive is a small commission from the business as a thank you for sending you to shop with them via my website links. This doesn't affect the price you pay, but it helps me to develop and expand the podcast, so I'm extremely thankful for you to taking the time to spend your money via my links. You're helping me make this podcast better and better each week and becoming a better person by doing it. So if you're on the post, just click on the graphic on the website notes or go to affiliate deals in the blue ribbon at the top of the page or go to www.nextlevelguy.com forward slash affiliates and enjoy. Now, let's get back to the interview. I like that because I've got a train with a couple of guys who are now like training up coaches and that's mm-hmm. what they'll say little snippets which will just stick in your head and you almost hear their voice play on a loop while you're rolling with somebody. Yeah. And it's weird that such a small thing pops in and then you make it part of your just standard action and then you Mm -hmm. think something else and go, oh, right, that sticks. And it's like you say, you could... like It's like the way Mm -hmm. you teach a beginner, I suppose. You could teach Mm -hmm. them to do a staple pass, you know, grab the hip, rotate it down, put your hands here, staple, blah, blah, blah. But if you go to OTT... It goes in one ear and out the other. You need yep. to actually go, catch your leg, pin it down, step over it. And they go, mm-hmm. ah, right. And then yeah. as they progress, they can get the subtle nuances, the touches, the control, mm-hmm. where to grip, where to put the pressure, where to hold and why you do certain things. So how have you yeah, found absolutely. that transition? You know, Has it been a difficult thing to do that and compete and run your business and work? Because... That takes a mental. That really does sort of tax the mind. You know, mm-hmm. how have you found? Like, do you like take notes on like a notepad? Do you do ex like PT lessons with a coach? You know, how have mm. you kept that going from good to great? Oh, I wish I was so perfect that I took notes like that. Um, <laughs> I take Me notes too. in my business <laughs> a lot, and I take notes if I um. You know, if I'm listening to a speaker or if I'm listening to anyone not in fighting, I will take notes. But when it comes to fighting, um, it's all body mechanics. And I, I just really believe, like, my body is going to function as my body functions, not as my coach's body functions. So whatever moves my hands and feet and, you know, can remember and do and accomplish – then that's going to stick to me. And I believe in repetition. You know, some people don't believe in drilling. I believe in drilling the fuck out of shit. Like keep doing the same thing over and over again, because when you get in the cage or when you are competing, 
all that fancy stuff that you saw on YouTube that you tried in the gym and it looked really cool and you got it on your friend who didn't know anything like that's cute. But what you're going to remember are the basics. Hmm. When, when your mind is racing at a million miles an hour and you have another human trying to attack you, what you're going to remember are the things that your body did a hundred times over. You're not going to remember that's that fancy spinning back kick. You're going to remember jab. <laughs> so get, get that shit straight. Because <laughs> it's the thing is like you find your body started doing it before you've even understood you're doing it. And I think there was a, I can't remember who said it was, every guy believes they could have got the girl if they went across the road and spoke to her. And every guy thinks they can win in a fight, you know. And you think, yeah. They do not have a clue. When no, they you, don't. Like you, yeah. When you've got somebody sit, try to get on top of you to start pummeling the crap out of you or choking mm-hmm. you out or smashing mm-hmm. you, ready to smash your head in the curb mm-hmm. or whatever, yeah. it's a yeah. world of difference. Like, So people how, see that I, I finish a lot of my fights with arm bars, right? And um, it's nothing special. Like, I'll fucking give you the secret. It's nothing you special. You win from it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's not special. I just drilled it so many times. I used to sit there in class and just drill arm bars. And then after class, I'd grab a teammate and be like, hey, come here. Let me practice arm bars. And it got to a point where, um, you know, I was traveling one time and a coach was like, why are you doing arm bars? You already know how to do an arm bar. And I'm like, because I want to become perfect at it. Like, (laughs) and that's like, that was my mindset is like, I want to be really fucking good at this and I'm already good at it. So why not be great at it? So, you know, people like, you know, they, they, they overestimate the basics, man. Like, yeah. I like doing that with Kimuras and Keylocks, you know, like I'm definitely like a side control player. Yeah. And I love doing pressure passing, but I was always shown how to pass a guard. Uh huh. And then I was shown like how to do a Kimura. But at no point did my original coach show me how to chain them together. Yeah. And I think that sometimes is they forget that, yes, we can have a syllabus and all that, but you need to show that move and then you need to go again and again and again. And again and point, again, yeah. Uh, that you can do it with your eyes closed and you can f- subtly feel your way around. So mm-hmm. how do you go about your, like, your business like, do you do it the same way as you're fighting and with your, or is it the same with your dancing? Do you, did you learn your own way or did you get a coach to help with the business? Um, so the way that I've navigated businesses, I, I really just, I learn and, um, you know, I take my time. I read a lot of books. I listen to a lot of audiobooks because I'm in the car so often. So I'm like, okay, this is the knowledge I want to obtain. Where's mm-hmm. the book? Someone's written the book. I can give um, you a good a- podcast to listen to. Oh, yeah. See, <laughs> see, things like that. Like, people are always recommending stuff. And I feel like when you're searching for an answer, it'll show up. You know, Google is fucking crazy nowadays. You could literally teach yourself anything. I was a ninth grade dropout, by the way. A lot of people don't know that about me. Um, but I dropped out of school in ninth grade, you know, and somehow got my diploma and tried college a few times it wasn't for me everything i fucking know i've learned through reaching for the information so anyone who says they can't do something shut up and go find it because it's out there um (laughs) so but getting back uh, i think i I mean that makes people respect you more because you've not had like the the easy ride you know you've worked for what you've got and not many people there's a lot of people who can't say that Mm-hmm. And I always respect people who come on and go, I didn't know how to do it, 
but they've built this amazing thing but i've had so many mistakes and i'm like brilliant because mm-hmm. i've yes. made so many mistakes it's not funny you know it's... yeah serious and i mean it's yeah and I, and I really just genuinely i if i need to know something i find someone who knows what i need and or i read the book you know i do it the hard way and that's actually why I came up with Stripper Bible because I had read so many books on shit I wanted to learn. And I was like, man, like there's no book for stripping. Um, so that, you know, that was my inspiration for that on top of jujitsu where I was like, I can create a training program for these girls in a similar fashion that somebody wanted to start teaching jujitsu. Hmm. So jujitsu was really my inspiration uh, for my business. That's awesome. Yeah. And so how do you find that? I mean, do you kind of link it into, like, the way you do it with jiu-jitsu? Do you teach it in that kind of format? Because I remember, I think you said you taught the basics of how to dance and that in the first few chapters, and at the end it was how to do, how to set up your models, your mm-hmm. how to set it up so you're not screwed over, how to understand the business side of things. Yes. Have you sort of, do you kind of teach the same way that you would learn jujitsu? Do you teach that to the people, the clients, and that you work with? Uh, no, I because I don't specialize in teaching um, skill work as far as body motions, which I I could, but I want to focus on how to um, you know really reprogram their minds into being able to create income, which. I love- Believe it or I not, it doesn't how, come from dancing. <laughs> I love how we've been on for 45 minutes and we've not even really covered fighting yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but this is why I'm so interested speaking to you because that you've created a business, that you've, you know, you do dancing where, you know, you create these like beautiful images and motions and stuff and then you go and beat people up and, you know, finish your arm bar. And that's what I found inspiring as you're doing very similar to me you know you're doing like working trying to build a business and competing and i i know how difficult that is and that's what i'm so inspired by (laughs) so so how do you recover from this you know how like when you're away from training have you found any kind of training methods that help you recover you know do you do things like meditation Mm. um salt baths like do you go and get deep tissue massages? You know, what kind of things work for you? Um, the rest, the beach. I love the beach. I love being outside. Um, even like hiking would probably be physically exerting, but honestly, I fucking love it and it makes me feel better. So even if I'm dog tired, I still might go for a fucking hike because it's, it's what's going to give me that mental that mental recharge and that mental reset. Um, I love float tanks, but like sometimes, um, you know, being too quiet for me is like restless, you know? So I almost, I almost get more restless cause I start thinking and my brain starts going really fast. And meditating. It's hard to switch I, off. Yeah. And I, I tried meditating and I can do it, but, um, it's not what's relaxing for me. What's relaxing for me is literally going for a walk with friends, uh, laughing my ass off at some funny shit and enjoying people's company or going to the beach and, you know, skateboarding on the beach, um, doing things that I love outside of doing the things I love, like fighting and dancing. So when you're training, like 
for your MMA fights, you know, or just training as normal. You've said in some of your Instagram videos that you never stop. You know, it's like it could be the off season, but you're still ready to kill. Mm-hmm. How do you how do you keep this going? You know, do you just keep working on your strengths? Do you look at developing your weaknesses as well? You know, is there like uh, an overall time frame that you think, okay, three months away f- or six months away, I'm going to be working on this areas to develop myself. You know, how do you keep mm. this motivation? How do you keep improving? How you know? Do you have a fluid game plan that's just going to work against everybody, or do you have to analyze an opponent and think how you're going to compete against them? Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll start off with how do I kind of stay on edge? And, uh, I think that I always stay training because it's my habit. It's my life. It's who I am. It's what I do. You know, um, even though I said earlier, those are two different things, but for me, like, I love it. I really, really, truly love it. And that's why I compete so well, because I am passionate about it. So for me to take a, you know, take a week off and go on a vacation, Uh, unless I'm spending specific time with my family, it doesn't even interest me. Like after a fight, people go on like these three week binges or whatever, and they eat a bunch of food and man, why, why do I want to do that to my body? Like I love my body. I love myself and I love the mental space that I'm in right now. And why do I want to change that so drastically and then have to come back and now, you know, I'm so heavy and my moves are different and it takes a minute for me to kind of shake that rust off because I took so much time off. Um, that mindset has never made sense to me. And I think, you know, being a jujitsu athlete, I took so much time to compete and I was competing like every other week somewhere else in the world, you know, like there was, I was like going in between Canada and Abu Dhabi and traveling by myself and it's like you got to stay on your a game girl because if you're not training you can't compete well and you want to have confidence and confidence comes from knowing your shit and that comes from training so for me i just love it and um even on the days where i may not always feel so on edge because let's be honest it's unrealistic to be that on edge all the fucking time um I do, I do it out of habit because I've created such great habits for myself. And some days I go in there and I'm like, all right, today you're just going to focus on your technique. Maybe you're not going to be stupid aggressive. You know, maybe you're not going to try to out cardio everybody, but just get better. And what's that detail to get better? So habit, passion, that's what keeps me going. Now you asked a second question about opponents and how do I train Mm -hmm. for my opponents? And, uh, what I do is I don't even really most of the time, and it sounds so arrogant of me, but I hardly even know their names by the time I walk <laughs> in the cage with them. <laughs> well, you beat them up anyway. So yeah, <laughs> cause who they are doesn't fucking matter to me. You know, what matters is I take a look at their tape. I see their mannerisms and because of being a dancer and because I have such a passion for fighting, I understand body mechanics to the point where I see them, I'm like, okay, these are their mannerisms. This is what they do. This is how they fight. This is who they are as an athlete. And then I keep doing my, my own shit, you know, and I, I become the best athlete I can be to prepare for that fight. And that's it. I don't obsess over my opponents. I look at them once and then I move on and I keep doing what I need to do. Cause I love that. Cause you could look at them and say, well, I know they're putting their weight on the right side because of the way they're standing where maybe somebody who's not used to, 
like the body movements and compositions could actually understand that. That's an awesome way of looking at it. And I like the way that you're trying to be the only opponent you really care about is the one that you see in the mirror. You're Hell looking yeah. to improve yourself the whole time. I, I love that. I just wish so many more people would do that. Like, how did you... Have you ever had a struggle leaving the ego at the door? Like, I went in tonight, had a bit of a, yeah, session. And, mm-hmm. I mean, I got some taps and I got some things. And I realized when I was leaving, I was actually a bad training partner. Because <laughs> I was focusing on my own shit. I was focusing on, oh, I didn't have a great role with that person. Where I was thinking, in reality... Was I a good training partner? Did I learn something? Probably. But did they get something out of it? Did I help them? And, you know, I was thinking it's not just about me. And I'm still at that comparing stage at times. How, mm. did you man- how do you manage to just keep the outside chatter out of the way and just focus on your, your own development, helping your teammates, you know, being part of your sort of tribe? Mm. So I actually have had this discussion before with uh, one of my previous very close teammates and both of us were very high level competitors and, um, you know, she was very overly kind to people to the point where she felt like at times she was sacrificing her own training for others, you know, where I at times have been a little bit more savage um, in my mindset where I'm like, hey, I'm here for me today. And I think the best answer to that is that there is no right answer. You know, um, people's personalities are different and you prioritize your training differently. But for me, if, if I have a fight coming up, like, like, I'm sorry about like all my training partners because it's about me, you know, like I got to fucking win and I'm going to win this training. And I, you know, if you tap me, I don't get mad about it because I'm glad I have training partners that push me so heavily, but I'm not looking out for my training partners. Um, now if I don't have a fight coming up, then I'm much more, um, accustomed to like helping others to rise, you know, where I'm like stopping, taking my time, maybe showing somebody else some details. Uh, if I'm in fight camp, forget it. Like I gotta, I gotta get minds in. And if you're not doing it right, then let the coach show you, but I'm not going to stop my training to help you improve, you know, cause you'll improve on your own. But, yeah. um, yeah, if I don't have a fight coming up, then it's totally different. It's a totally different athlete that's in the gym. Cause I call it like my white and my blue belt mind, you know, cause sometimes when I'm like competing and I've got to win every role, I kind of go, Oh, that's a white belt talking where the blue belt, it's like, okay, let's see what I can learn from this. I'm going to put myself in a dangerous situation to see how to come out of it. Or I'm going to focus on, like x in this role mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. next one and you know to build and improve on that like i was working on mount escape so i was deliberately getting people to come into mount each time yeah so how do you you know when you're doing this um does it change really the difference with like a fight camp or is it just sort of more focused and more intense you know is it like two a day kind of training or when i'm doing when i'm in when fight camp yeah, because I get the impression that you'd be training all the time. You'd be, you know, dancing all the time, regardless. Uh-huh. You know, does it? Is it just that you're more focused and you, and you know, it becomes more intense during your sort of training camps? So when I, I like you said, I, I always train, um, no matter what. So I guess like when I'm not in a fight camp, 
I still do all of the same training sessions with a different level of intensity. So I can have more capacity to go to all these camps as well as have the energy to go to work. Um, when I'm in fight camp, my capacity shrinks because my velocity for the training goes up. So for each training session that I do, I'm giving more of myself to that, which means I have less leftover to do things like dancing um, and even in business. So it's like I have a business partner and uh, when it comes fight time, he knows he's got to pick up the slack because this is what I'm doing. So, um, yeah, you, you do. And I think that this is where a lot of fighters end up struggling with their relationships and struggling with the people who are around them because everyone else around us takes it personal, you know, when it's like really like they should be there for us because we just don't have as much energy. We just don't have as much capacity to put up with the small things. And I know that sounds terrible, but it's true, you know. No, that makes perfect sense because you know we would think that you're ignoring it because you're ignoring us because you're not focusing on us as much as you would normally whereas yeah. you've got to focus on such a small area yeah we just don't that, have the capacity the yeah and it, and it, take, I mean, it takes a lot of us to give ourselves to training i mean we're about to walk into a cage with another human who's trying to cause bodily harm to who we are as people like fuck, I'm sorry that I didn't do the dishes today. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm single. I take care of my own dishes. But this is a very real thing that fighters have to deal with, you know, because, yeah, we're training all the fucking time, but when we're in fight camp, we ramp it up, you know? That's, that's why I got a dishwasher. I was fed hey. up to do my own bloody dishwasher. <laughs> so, for somebody who's listening who's thinking, okay, yeah, I want to compete maybe. But how how can they ramp up that intensity? How can they get aggressive when they need to be? You know, maybe they're like Joe Bloggs, who's just come off, never really done jiu-jitsu before or MMA. Mm. How do we turn on that? I mean, obviously, we're not going out to kill our training partners. But how do we mimic that kind of aggression as much as possible mm. in a role and stuff like that? Um... You remember that, like, eight-year-old that, like, stole the ball that you were playing with and you got really mad about it? <laughs> 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 um, I guess that's that's a really hard question for me because I don't feel like everybody can be overly aggressive. Mm. Uh, there's different levels of aggression, and that looks different for different people. Um, I have a friend who she just fucking kicks ass at like every tournament she does. And she is the calmest, sweetest human ever. And even when she rolls, she's still very calm, you know, and she almost pulls you into her game because she's so composed. Um, be a mesquite. I know is another one who's so calm when they compete. So I, I guess what I'm getting at is like, everyone's going to be different and don't feel insecure if you're not as aggressive as, um, you know, Billy right next to you who wakes up and eats small children for breakfast, like it's, it's okay. Whatever level you're at, just be confident in the skills that your coach has given you and know that if they gave you the green light to compete, it's because they fucking believe in who you are today, exactly as you are. And take that into that arena with you. You don't need to be anything else. So take me yeah, for example. That. I walk into the cage and I look like I'm skipping through a field of fucking flowers. Like I'm the happiest person you've ever seen, you know, <laughs> but, um, 
Yeah, and I mean, of course, I I'm think, aggressive, but yeah. I think it was your Instagram. There's a like one picture. It was you and a training partner laughing your heads off, and the next yeah. one it was like you in a triangle choking out somebody. You know, I think they were going purple, <laughs> and I was thinking that just alone kind of showed the the amazing different personalities of you. Mm. I mean, mm. the, I, I've had so much fun, and I know we've talked around things. We've not even covered half of what I want to talk about, and I know <laughs> we, our t- our time's almost that, but. I really need to get you back on. I think you you know you're going to go amazing places and it's been such a privilege to speak to you just now but what would you want people listening to this to take from it? You know, what would you want uh sort of the go home message if they could only remember one thing and everything else went out their head, what would you want them to remember? It doesn't matter who you think you should be because of where you've come from. You can overcome anything any obstacle if you choose to put in the fucking work for yourself because you are worth it to be better than you were yesterday and every step is important and i love you guys so much and please remember to love yourselves through the journey and through the process be easy on you because we can all be too hard on ourselves it doesn't matter where you're from or where you came from you can create greatness this is why and, I wish I could train with you any every day. Like, I, I think you'd be a bloody awesome training partner. Like, skinny, but <laughs> well, yeah. I know where. I know you've got to go off to your training just now, but I mean, I've definitely got to have you on again. It's I've been I've never had so much fun in an interview. Um, Aw, thanks. But for for those listening, you know, how can they watch your fights? How can they keep in touch? How can they? You know, I don't know, can people come to your gym and train? You know, are you looking to t- start coaching people? You know, what, how can we look at your next projects? And you know, how can anybody listening get involved in the stripper Bible? How can anybody listening get involved, like, watch you p- uh, perform and stuff like that? Lil you know, Monster there... Demo. Lil Monster Demo. L-I-L Monster D-E-M-O. Uh, follow me on Instagram. And I put my whole life is on Instagram. So <laughs> um, I'm consistently posting stories. I engage with you guys. I love on you. And, uh, you know, there's daily motivation on there. I have links to Athena Christina, which is my stripper personality. Got to be a Tina Nova. If I got fights coming up, I'm always posting, um, you know, fight news. And yeah, man, that's, that's where you'll find me is on Instagram. Well, Honestly, I've been smiling the whole way through it. We've covered uh, just some amazing stuff without even covering into like the whole MMA, jiu-jitsu, training kind of stuff, mindset, comp- competition. So you can't escape. I've got to get you back on for a second one. Oh, um, my gosh, of course. This has been such a great podcast. Uh, you, you covered so many things that a lot of people just kind of skim right over. This has been excellent. Well, I love having a kind of general discussion just to kind of get people to know you and learn about you as a person before we get into like the really deep stuff. And, you know, and I love just even if I come away and just think, yeah, uh, you know, get to know these amazing people. And you're definitely one of them. You know, you're definitely uh, personify what the site's about. And, you know, you'll beat anybody up who says no to that. Anyway, so, well, I you know, we'll keep Thank in touch. You. I'll send you the link when it's ready. But, I mean, if the floor is open to you. Is there anything that you want to mention? Any upcoming fights? Anything that you want to promote at the moment? 
not a thing, man. I'm 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 a badass who fights for LFA, and uh, if y'all want to sponsor me, hit me up. But now nah, you you did such a great job. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. That's it for another week. Thanks for listening. Absorb it. Practice it. Use it. Until next time, keep trying to hit that next level in your life.